Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm Jared St. Clair. I'm your host each and every week, and I'm grateful to be back speaking with you in the United States of America in Bountiful, Utah, where I always record this show because I have uh, been gone, as you may have heard, for a couple of weeks. And um, I haven't had an opportunity to just do a solo show for a while, so I wanted to do one just on my own. It is a day late. Uh, trying to play catch-up after a couple weeks away is challenging, to say the least. And I've even had uh, one of my people uh, kind of out of the game for a couple of days, which has made it even a little more interesting. But here I am on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. I apologize for the uh, late recording. I just want to riff today on a few things. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on with the chain between government and food and pharma and some realizations that I had while I was on my trip to Europe and a couple of things that happened while I was there that I'm really excited about. And some of it's a little personal. Maybe you already know a little bit about this if you're in the Facebook listeners community or you follow me on Facebook. I've shared a lot of pictures and uh, events uh, that occurred while I was gone. But if not, I'll tell you a little bit about that here and uh, also talk about the difference between how they eat in Europe versus how we eat in America and why when we were walking around Paris, we didn't see nearly as many obese people as we do here. In fact, when we did, they were speaking English, if you know what I mean. Um, it's a different game over there, and I'm going to talk about that on Vitality Radio today. If you have questions about anything that you've heard on Vitality Radio, you can always call us at Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. You can also uh, reach out on vitalitynutrition.com, and uh, those are the best ways to get in touch with us. But if you haven't joined the Vitality Radio listeners community on Facebook, and if you are interested, that link will be below. It's free. Uh, you get a lot of great information and education from your fellow members. I jump in as often as I can, and uh, Jessica, my assistant, is often in there as well, uh, making sure that questions are getting answered, that kind of thing. It's a fun little community. I love the people that are in there. Many of you listening to this right now, we're dangerously close to 500 members. I think it was 493 the last I checked, and who knows, maybe we're there now. But uh, regardless, thank you for your support on that. And if you want to jump in, I would love to have you. Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get on with the show. And I'll just tell you a little bit about my European vacation, which was quite different than uh, National Lampoon's European vacation, thank goodness. Uh, in fact, I don't know that it had any similarities at all, except that we did spend some time in Switzerland, and uh, it was absolutely magical. So I brought my sweetheart. I've been calling her my sweetheart for a long time on this show because, frankly, when you're 51 years old, um, 
girlfriend sounds stupid, at least to me. So I call Jen my sweetheart. But now, as of uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I can call her my fiance because that happened while we were there. And it happened at 10,132 feet in what is known as the Gornergrot, which is a top of a mountain that is surrounded by 29 different peaks that reach above 13,000 feet and seven glaciers uh, right above Zermatt, Switzerland, where there is a ski resort that you can ski at 365 days a year with real snow. So yeah, pretty cool place, especially if you're a skier, if you're a mountain biker, if you're a hiker, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, Jen and I happen to love hiking above those other um, things. And we had a hike when we were in Switzerland that blew my mind. I want to tell you a little bit about it because I learned a couple of things and I experienced something that was so, so exciting. And it really ties in well with what I'm going to talk about with the food stuff here in just a minute as well. So I was reading up on a blog that uh, is a fantastic blog uh, where this guy's like an avid hiker and backpacker. And he listed off his five hikes that are kind of must-dos in Switzerland. Now, to say five must-do hikes in Switzerland is probably a pretty overly short list because I'm telling you, you can walk anywhere in Switzerland and it's a must do walk, uh, whether you're on level ground or up in the Alps, it's just magnificent there. If you've never been, uh, I highly encourage you to throw it on your bucket list. It's as if God was creating this earth and, uh, he had everything put together and he had all this amazing, beautiful material, mostly made up of green things and mountains and uh, thought, oh my gosh, I better use all the rest of this and threw it all in Switzerland because that's what Switzerland looks like to me. Absolutely epic place. So we went on this hike that was suggested by this guy because he said, you won't see any other tourists there. This is one of the best kept secrets in Swiss hiking. It's called the Limernsee Lake Hike. And you know what? We He lied. We saw one other tourist. We actually saw three. Two of them, though, were German speaking because they were from Germany. This isn't the German portion of Switzerland. The only other English speaker that we met, at least native English speaker, was a kid from California who we struck up a little conversation with. Great kid out there hiking on his own through the Alps. And uh, it was so cool because I don't think we saw more than 20 people on the entire hike. It was nearly a five-hour hike up and down a mountain. uh, And it was incredible. Now, my Jen, she is a she's like a mountain goat. She can hike and hike and hike. It's incredible. Uh, she Endurance is not an issue. Elevation is not an issue. Distance is not an issue. Um, difficulty doesn't seem to be an issue. And uh, I, as you may know, uh, have had some hip issues, significant hip issues. I um, illustrated those in my LifeWave uh, episode, which I'll link to this podcast as well, uh, if you want to you know, dig into that. But I've learned a few things about my hip over the years, and the primary two things that I've learned is that uh, increasing stem cells with the LifeWave patches absolutely works. I'm completely convinced of that, and uh, that uh, inflammatory oils, uh, primarily the seed oils, such as, well, pretty much anything that comes from a nut or a seed, other than coconut oil, palm oil, or animal fats, uh, or olive oil, that's the one other one, those ones seem to be okay. 
Uh, a good clean avocado oil seems to be okay. But every other oil, uh, canola, uh, soybean oil, corn oil, uh, you know, just standard vegetable oil, which is usually corn oil, uh, peanut oil, almond oil, uh, you name the seed or the oil, sunflower, safflower, even if they're organic, inflame me in a significant way in my hip in particular, but also I feel it often in my knees as well. And if I stay away from those things, I can eat just about anything else, and I do just fine uh, as far as inflammation goes. And I can do challenging things with this hip that's been a problem for a long time if I stay away from those things. And uh, I think in large part that's because of the repair that's happened with the LifeWave patches. And if you don't know anything about those, go back and listen to that episode. Like I say, it's linked. It's uh, fascinating, I think, uh, the episode I did with Dr. Harmon. And then just staying on top of the inflammation. Now... Why do I tell you all this? Well, it's because I found this hike. I had no idea how challenging the hike would be. He didn't really illustrate that too much in his blog post. And I think the big part of that is because this guy could probably hike anything. Uh, And uh, I didn't find out until I got there that this was a doozy (laughs) of a hike. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It was uh, about six miles, but uh, it was several thousand feet of elevation gain. uh, And it was kind of straight up and really straight back down on the other side. And it was at a high elevation. You had to go up a tram 3,000 feet just to get to the start of the hike. And so um, oxygen was a little thin up there. And yet I did the hike in a, a, a what I would consider to be a reasonable amount of time. In fact, based on the signs that they have, which by the way, have the best hiking signposts in Switzerland of any of I've ever, ever seen in terms of giving you the information you need to get from point A to point B. And uh, I w- did it in the time that they said that I should be able to do it in, which I was thrilled to be able to do. And guess what? I did not pay a price. My hip wasn't killing me at all. In fact, I didn't have pain. I had a little stiffness the next day, but I hadn't. I haven't worked my hip like that in five, six years now, um, everything was fine. I just had stiff, kind of tight stuff, you know, the next day and the day after that, some stiffness and tightness too, just from using my muscles in ways that I haven't done in a long time, but nothing out of the ordinary at all. It was truly amazing. What I think is even more amazing though, is that we just came from Paris. So our, our, our itinerary was this, we had three days in London or, uh, Jen and I are huge Broadway fans. We saw Les Mis, the best performance I've ever seen uh, of the best musical I've ever seen. Uh, Moulin Rouge. We also saw two plays. The play that goes wrong, which if you've not seen it, is hysterically funny and absolutely worth your time. And The Mousetrap, the oldest, the longest running uh, Agatha Christie uh, play. Well, the longest running play uh, anywhere, 70 years now uh, in the West End in London. So we saw all four of those. Just fantastic, great stuff. I'd never been to London before. It was a good time. Then we moved over to Paris uh, for about four and a half days, and we walked and walked and walked and walked. We were averaging something close to 25,000 steps, according to what our phones were telling us anyway, uh, each of those uh, days in Paris, uh, because we chose not to do the public transportation, uh, and uh, we didn't do bikes or anything like that. We just walked everywhere we went. And we had an incredible time walking Paris. But here's the thing you need to know about Paris if you've never been there. There is what is known as a patisserie on, not on every corner, about every other shop, it seems, uh, which of course is a pastry shop. uh, And then uh, bakeries or bakeries and patisseries 
everywhere you go, along with some phenomenal little fruit stands all over the place. If you want to just snack around in Paris, trust me, you can, and you can snack on some delicious food, including things that my love and I would not normally snack on in America. Why is that? Well, ingredients. It's really pretty much that simple. And I'm going to go into that in just a minute. Uh, But what's interesting is we were able to do all of that walking. We were able to eat all of those things. And we were still able to do an incredibly epic and challenging hike in Switzerland the day after we got there. um, And everything was great. And again, I'm going to go into some great detail on that. But I do want to share this, and uh, I've been a little self-indulgent on my show lately. I know I told the whole Vitality story, and hopefully you enjoyed that and and, uh, maybe learned something from it. Uh, But yes, I did propose to my sweetheart, Jen, uh, at the top of the Gorner Grot at 10,132 feet. Yes, she said yes. In fact, she said a thousand times yes, which is pretty good because I only asked her, well, twice uh, during the proposal. And uh, we had just the most magnificent time in the world after the proposal, which was just after sunset over the Matterhorn. um, We were able to lay on these benches uh, at night with a completely dark sky where it looked like the Milky Way was painted with a brush across the sky. It was absolutely magnificent and uh, plenty romantic as well. It was fantastic. So yeah, we had this incredible trip Everything was beautiful, Uh, and uh, if you do care to look at pictures or whatever, they're all over Facebook. So that's what happened on our trip, but what did I learn on our trip? I learned a few things, and I'm saving the big takeaways for the very end of this episode of the podcast, but let me get into the food thing right now. Um, Oh, I do want to mention one other thing that Jen made sure that we did at the top of the Limerency Lake hike at the peak. Uh, We took off our shoes, uh, we put our feet in the dirt, and uh, we grounded, and it was it was. Fantastic. For one thing, it wasn't too bad to have the shoes and socks off for a minute, but it was wonderful to make that connection with the earth. On the way up, we took pictures of all of the wildflowers. Uh, We took pictures of all of the waterfalls. We took pictures of the lake, I don't know how many times, from different elevations and different angles. And uh, we just enjoyed nature and the soundtrack of nature. No music, no podcasts, no anything else, just our voices and the sounds of nature, whether it be birds or the little bit of rippling on the lake when we started or the waterfalls as we went up the breeze blowing through the grass, uh, and uh, even watching the butterflies, which we took a few pictures of those, um, on the wildflowers. It was just absolutely incredible. And please don't forget to connect with nature on a regular basis, because I do truly believe it is one of the most healing things that we have always at our disposal, if we're willing to take advantage of it. Okay, so eating in Europe versus eating in America what we didn't see. When we were looking at packaged foods or talking to waiters or waitresses about what's in the food, you have to understand a little background on us. Gin is wildly sensitive to corn, corn starch, corn maltodextrin, corn syrup, uh, anything made out of corn 
she reacts to in a very high inflammatory way. Um, really, really struggles with it. She also struggles with wheat uh, to, to a lesser degree, but still does. She's not celiac, uh, but she does struggle with gluten, it seems. And she does fine with ancient grains like einkorn and um, kamut and spelt and things like that. The ones that haven't been hybridized or modified uh, by uh, modern uh, farming practices and, you know, uh, scientists that uh, are in some ways trying to ruin our food supply. So those are things that in America she just simply has to avoid. But we had read and heard and seen uh, lots of reports that people can eat just fine over there that can't eat certain things over here. And we aimed to test that out. No, we didn't want to be inflamed and dying every time we ate a treat in Paris. But we also didn't want to not eat the treats in Paris. We didn't eat like gluttons while we were over there. And we ate a lot of healthy food. But we did eat our share of uh, pain de chocolat, you know, which is a chocolate croissant. Uh, We ate gelato. We ate some things that, frankly, we can't eat when we're here. Me, because of the... Uh, seed oils that are almost always used in those types of foods and hers, her because of the corn primarily or the wheat secondarily. And I was just blown away that we were able to test that out and we did just fine. So why is that? Well, as we were talking to waiters and waitresses about ingredients and as we were looking at ingredients on packages, what we learned is there's hardly any corn used over there unless you're going to eat corn itself. We didn't find maltodextrin hardly ever. And if we did find maltodextrin, it was a tapioca form, not a corn form. There was corn syrup was just nowhere to be found. In fact, if there was a syrup used, which there often was, especially in treats, it was glucose syrup, which in America is almost always made from corn. And when it's not, it's made from wheat. But over there, it's almost always made from wheat, not corn, and their wheat is different. They use a soft white wheat instead of a hard red wheat. My understanding is there's less hybridization to that type of wheat, or maybe there's not hybridization. Uh, It's not been altered, but it has a much lower gluten content, and it didn't bother Jen a bit. Uh, Cornstarch, we didn't see cornstarch in every package. It just wasn't there. It was really, really amazing. In fact, we saw things like potato starch if there was a starch that was needed. And seed oils? No, not really. I mean, we did see rapeseed oil, which is known as canola oil over here, but it is rapeseed oil, and nobody wants to eat something called rapeseed oil, and nobody should eat something called rapeseed oil because canola oil is evil uh, for so many reasons. First off, that it's genetically modified and then processed to the point where it is not a food at all and is highly inflammatory to everyone and to me is uh, extra inflammatory, it seems. But the other seed oils weren't present uh, hardly at all either. We hardly ever saw sunflower or safflower oil. We saw coconut oil a lot. We saw palm oil, which gets a it's a mixed bag, but I seem to tolerate palm oil pretty well. Uh, we saw olive oil quite a bit, but lots and lots of butter. Uh, they used actual fat from actual natural sources as opposed to these highly, highly processed, uh, what I consider really fake fats. By the time you get a seed oil to the shelf, it doesn't resemble the oil that was in the seed in the first place very much. And so we could eat what we wanted to eat. We just didn't have a problem with it. It was incredible. 
no pain, no inflammation, even walking 25,000 through 30,000 steps some days, uh, staying up late, getting up early, um, you know, sleeping in a foreign bed, uh, so to speak, uh, you know, literally and figuratively, all of that stuff didn't seem to have an impact at all. Uh, even with, you know, the obvious jet lag that comes with that, we felt better than we do eating those same foods here dramatically better to the point where we simply don't eat those foods here. I even drank for the first time. I, I don't even know how long it's been since I've, since I've had a soda and, and gin the same, because of course they're all sweetened with corn syrup over here, not to mention they're evil anyway, but we had orange Fanta while we were there. Not just once, a couple of times. Why? Well, it's sweetened with actual sugar. There's no artificial colors in it. There's no corn syrup at all. And it's actually flavored largely by, believe it or not, orange juice uh, over there. It's uh, a whole different drink with a whole different color and a whole different flavor over there than it is over here. So, yeah, we splurged a little bit, partly because we kind of wanted to test the theory. Can we actually do this here? And, yeah, we could. Kind of amazing. So let's talk about that for a minute because we did all of that. We did the hiking. We did the whole thing with no issues whatsoever. And the point of me telling you all this is that while I am personally tempted, quite tempted to move to Switzerland because I love it so much, uh, but also I can eat there a lot more easily than I can here. Um, most people listening to this podcast, we live in the good old U.S. of A, just like I do. And so what can we do if the food supply is what it is here? Um, well, we can educate ourselves, and that's what this show is about. We can read labels. We can buy organic because you basically have to buy organic to eliminate genetically modified and most artificial ingredients. And, of course, the dreaded glyphosate, also known as Roundup. So if you want to get just a little conspiratorial, let's go a little conspiratorial here. I have some thoughts on this that I've written down, and I want to share this with you and see what you think. FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, that is the so-called regulator of our food supply here in America, gets 60-plus percent of their budget from pharmaceutical manufacturers. Corn and four other crops are known as the big five crops in America. That's corn, soy, wheat, cotton, and rice. These are some of the most hybridized and genetically modified crops in this country, and they are big money crops with huge government subsidies. You might think of these subsidies going to farmers and think, well, yeah, but that's a good thing because it keeps the small family farm in business, and, and I'm kind of okay with my tax dollars going to that. And frankly, if that was the case, eh, maybe I could agree with you. But over 600,000 U.S. farms are receiving federal subsidies for the crops that they grow, which is about 31.5% of all the U.S. farms. And these farms tend to be larger factory farms, not small family farms. In fact, factory farm owners benefit the most from farm subsidies. By one estimate, two-thirds of farm subsidies went not to mom-and-pop farms, but to the top 10% of mega farming corporations. 66% of those subsidies to the top 10%. Does that even sound familiar at all in the way that money works in this country? For example, Tyson has received at least a quarter of a billion dollars in direct subsidies from the government that we know of and more than $3 billion 
in supply chain subsidies. These subsidies don't reflect the reality of the U.S. farming landscape because according to the USDA data, over 80% of farms are less are worth less than $100,000 total. So those farmers are largely getting no or very little aid. The massive mega corporations are getting the money. So if you're paying any attention to how our government operates, especially if you looked back during the COVID years, you would immediately understand that small business is a very little concern to these clowns in Washington, D.C. It's always about the megacorps, including farms. It is why so many of them, small family businesses, were closed during the lockdown. We know that GMO and non-organically grown crops are less nutritious. We have plenty of evidence that our bodies do not process them as well and that they cause excessive inflammation. Jen and I learned that that firsthand, right, while eating real food in Europe, even though sometimes it was real, quote unquote, junk food. We know that 85% of disease in America is inflammatory in nature. We know that gut dysbiosis is a root cause in autoimmune disease and malnourishment and also reduces our immune function and increases the rates of mental health issues from anxiety to depression and beyond. And we know that glyphosate that is sprayed heavily on these crops is a human antibiotic that creates gut dysbiosis. Am I the only one that sees a system that seems made to generate profit above health for big government, big food, big pharma, and big hospitals? So why is it that the government subsidizes the dirtiest crops grown by the biggest factory farms in this country, adding to the devastating health issues that we have here in America? Is it a coincidence that farm, F-A-R-M, and farm, P-H-A-R-M, sound exactly the same, one leading to the other. Think about that for a minute. So what is the takeaway of this story? Here it is. It's not to make you feel hopeless or helpless because we live in this society where the government and pharmaceutical companies work hand in hand with big food and create excellent flowing long lines of consumers of their products addicted to their products in many cases to make all of them very, very rich. It's not that, although there is some real reality to that. First, this episode is about awareness. I had a Facebook friend. I don't know this individual personally, so it's one of those fake Facebook friends, I guess you could say. Uh, and But they literally posted something just yesterday, and they were in shock that Campbell's soup and Hellman's mayonnaise used genetically modified foods. And it says right on the label. That blew her away. She actually said, you can't even trust the good companies now or something like that. I can't remember her exact wording. And I'm like, good companies? Ex huh? What? Excuse me? Because if nothing was genetically modified in Hellman's mayonnaise and nothing was genetically modified in Campbell's soup, it would still be really, really bad for you, right? These are not health-promoting foods. But it shined a light on what I consider to be a just significant lack of awareness. And, and I guess you could call it ignorance, but I, I hesitate to use that word because I don't think ignorance also, many people think of that as stupidity. I don't think it's stupidity. It's just a lack of awareness. People just don't know. Now, hopefully, if you're listening to Vitality Radio, um, you have dug into these issues a little bit more. You've already discovered 
places like Just Ingredients and Carlin Call and what she offers, uh, educating people on these simple switches from, you know, bad to good, or at least from good to better, you know, those types of things when it comes to food. But there are so many people that just don't know. So today's show is much about awareness, because if you know, then you can avoid, you can make better choices. Second, you can do something without awareness, right? And you don't be overwhelmed by this. Start small, make a simple switch. If that's, um, you know, switching from foods with corn syrup to foods with real sugar, even though it's still sugar, it's still a much better option, especially if it's cane sugar, because remember that if it just says sugar, it's sugar beets, and sugar beets are almost all genetically modified in this country. So cane sugar is a much better option than corn syrup or regular sugar. That's a switch that can be relatively easily made. Pick certain foods, especially things like berries, and buy those ones organic. If you can't necessarily budget for organic in everything you eat, do it in the foods that matter the most, that are the most heavily sprayed. And you can get that information lots of places, uh, ewg.org being one of those places that works pretty well for that information. Make incremental improvements to your diet and you will see significant improvements to your health. I really, truly believe that and I see it all the time. Third, when it feels that the world is stacked against you, like it has for many of us during these last few years. Know that you can always find beauty. You can always find plenty of beauty to compensate for that feeling of hopelessness that maybe comes sometimes, like this world's going to hell in a handbasket kind of feeling that many of us have all the time. Well, it can, but we don't have to go with it. We can be aware, we can make changes, we can share that information with our neighbor, even if it's a simple share of a really healthy recipe that we found, that we love, that our kids will eat, sharing it on the social medias and getting other people to introduce that to their family so that they can make incremental changes to their health. I can tell you that during some of the most challenging times of my life, and I will say of all of our lives, between 2020 and 2023, things have been different in many, many ways. But during that time, I found the biggest audience I've ever had because more people are interested in this than any, than ever before. I found the love of my life during that time, and I found some of the dearest and best friends that I've ever had during those three years that seemingly didn't have a lot of silver lining to them. They had plenty of silver lining. To me, we can rise above, we can overcome, we can bond together and help each other in meaningful ways. And it all starts with awareness and then a willingness to stand up and speak about that awareness, help other people learn. We can't force it down our friends' and family's throats. That doesn't work, but we certainly can set the example that needs to be set. And I hope that an episode like this on Vitality Radio gives you more hope than hopelessness and more um, tools than feelings of overwhelm. Because yes, we have Many of the cards stacked against us in this country, especially when it comes to our food supply, but we have plenty of options that work just fine. 
as Jen and I have tightened up our diets and figured out what bugs us the most, we've been able to eliminate those things from our diets, and we still eat great here in the good old U.S. of A. We supplement for the things that we feel we need to supplement for, and we make the changes as we go, and we continue to find a healthier a healthier balance where we feel more vitality than we did at a much younger age than we are both at now. So that's what it is for me. That's what this show is about. I hope it helps. I really want to also say thank you so much for supporting me on this podcast, for supporting our business at vitalitynutrition.com or Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful Utah directly. It is because of that support that I was able to have the trip of a lifetime uh, with my sweetheart and make her my fiance. And I don't, I don't take that for granted at all. I always want to continue to earn your support and your trust. And I want to hear back from you as often as you're willing to speak about how I can do a better job of delivering this message uh, that you want to hear and uh, to continue to earn your support because I appreciate it so very much. Thank you so much for listening to me. Check out our website if you have questions. You can get up into the chat feature there, vitalitynutrition.com, or you can call us anytime, 801-292-6662. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.